Welcome. What's up? Hey. What you doing? How was your morning? Oh, not much. My morning was good. I did some meditation and some yoga. How about you? Nice. I'm smoking a cigar and drinking malt liquor, and I had some uh, hot dogs. So it's safe to say that my mom is not here. <laughs> Ooh, fancy, fancy. That sounds fun. Yeah, I, I, I you know, I, uh, I'm usually too classy for malt liquor, but I was like, you know what? I have never, well, I'm not going to say I never, because I did it as a bucket list. I had a, uh, a 40, because I would always hear, you know, Tupac and, like, rappers rapping about it. But this is, like, premium malt liquor, and I had never tried it. Um, it's safe to say that uh, I see why it's a dollar. Okay. Oh, it's a dollar. For how much? Yeah, ma- for, like, uh, 25 fluid ounces. But, like, you know, malt liquor is, like, the bottom of the barrel when it comes to liquor like beer is on a higher level than it you know <laughs> does it taste yeah good? but i just wanted to yeah it tastes like water so yes and no <laughs> yeah well, depending on the, so we're, we're almost at the same level you're drinking what tea tea oh sure. well even that's even that's better than this <laughs> what kind of tea are you drinking um it's a honey chai turmeric nice so i know you do a lot uh fun facts for those who are listening uh amber gave me my first tattoo ever and it didn't hurt as much as i thought it would be well that's good i'm glad it didn't hurt that bad Mm -hmm. and it was a original like it was the original process of tattooing it was a stick and poke yeah yeah with ash ink that I make myself so the ink the ink is a pretty cool part of it because um well I was always really loved tattoos and I didn't like the ink that would go into the body so I did my own research and found out that Native Americans actually used to make their ink from the ashes from their fire and so I started doing the same thing and it's had wonderful wonderful results and all the tattoos that I have have ash ink and all the tattoos that I've done have ash ink as well yeah and and it's much way more healthier definitely oh yeah absolutely absolutely because it stays in your lymphatic system for many years actually like with a regular tattoo ink a large tattoo will maybe take about like seven years to get through your lymphatic system and of course i haven't done any research on this but um from somebody who explained it to me how the lymphatic system works and everything her estimate was that the ash ink would probably take closer to two years Nice. And it's nice. It's not even like, you know, toxic being in your body at all. So it's it's pretty cool. Nice. That's what's up. That's what's up. And you do uh massages. You do uh Thai massage too. I do, yeah. So I studied that in Thailand, um, which is actually where I also learned how to tattoo, which is pretty cool. Um, but they're more so I, I just try to pick up different trade skills wherever I'm at and whatever I'm doing. Um Mainly just to just to have different ways to make money wherever I'm at and while I'm traveling. Nice, nice. But if you could pinpoint you doing something, like what is it that you do? Like if somebody asks you, what do you do? What would you tell them? Well, so that's actually a really funny question because um, in the United States, when somebody asks that question, they specifically mean work. Um, in most other parts of the world, 
when somebody asks you what you do, they more so mean like, what do you do with your life? So my answer to that question would, would be travel. Like travel is what I do. And then as for work, like I just do whatever I can find at the time, depending on where I'm at what I'm doing, what I'm feeling, just kind of very fluid, I guess. Yeah, so it's safe to say you're like the original hippie. <laughs> I'm not the original hippie. I would have had to have been born a long time ago for that. Yeah, but but I mean, you follow their way of life because what people don't realize, people like shop at like um, Earthbound one time or go mm-hmm. to Green Elephant one time and they're like, I'm a hippie, I'm a hippie. <laughs> but, you know, that's not what being a hippie is all about. You know, actually, they would learn like you, like they would learn to do odd jobs because hippies don't work like working and like that. That's just it defeats the purpose. So they would learn how to do odd jobs that would help each, you know, people out and they would take, you know, donations. And, you know, every time I tell somebody about you, they're like, oh, that's so cool. Because one thing I like about you is you travel a lot like you don't like to stay in one place for a long period of time. Unfortunately, Corona, you know, has kind of dampered, uh, put a damper on traveling. But you you don't like to stay in a place for a very long time. And I do admire that because the world has a lot to offer. And I feel like, you know, people should get out there. And it's funny when uh, I love it when people ask you, man, I would really love to do what you do. And you're like, it's literally not hard. (laughs) like like literally what other people do is harder than what you do like you don't work you don't have a nine to five you just get up save up money and go and it doesn't take that long to save up money actually right I think the problem for a lot of people is the security of kind of the nine to five lifestyle um So I would call what I do more like the nomadic lifestyle more than like a hippie lifestyle because hippie is a very, very broad term. I mean, anybody, you know, if you have dreadlocks or, you know, you smoke weed, you can call yourself a hippie. (laughs) Yeah, kind of like what you were saying. But yes, I mean, like um, the nomadic lifestyle is there's there's no security in it. You know, you never really know what's around the corner or what you're going to do. And a lot of the things that I do, you know, a lot of people consider really risky or very scary um like hitchhiking for example or dumpster diving or camping somewhere you know out in the woods where you have no idea what's out there especially when you're in Australia and everybody's afraid of all the bugs and the animals and the snakes um <laughs> like everything um but the the 9 to 5 lifestyle honestly it costs so much more money here in the states you know if you want to pay for an apartment or a house you pay for your car, your gas, and all of your time is dedicated most of the time to a job that you don't even really enjoy um, just to keep doing this nine to five lifestyle that, you know, like it's, it's just, and it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And I mean, you know, to each his own, but absolutely, you know, yeah. I, I've studied psychology and uh, from what I can recollect and, you know, this, doesn't necessarily have to be true, but I've talked to a lot of people and I find a a pattern here. I feel like, you know, people like you, like they don't start out like you, like they're normal people. And then they have this like 
experience like this paradigm shift and then they're like what the fuck mm-hmm. am I doing so with that, that being said true, yeah. did you have one and what was yours if you did oh that's a really good question um okay so when I graduated high school at 17 I pretty quickly moved in um with a boyfriend and we lived together for about a year and you know we had a place that we lived in. I had my car. I had a job. Um, I was working at Whataburger. That was my first ever job. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Everything was very dull. I mean, you know, we would get home from work. We both ate so much junk food because I worked at Whataburger. So like (laughs) that year gained a lot of weight and we smoked weed every night and just turned on Netflix. And that was our life. The next day, you know, went back to work, did the same thing. Um, After about a year of that, I kind of had a shocking realization, like kind of that moment that you're talking about where I just realized that I didn't like anything about my life. You know, I was not madly in love with this guy. I cared about him. I was not madly in love with him. Um, And I was scared of like what that future would be. Like I didn't want to get married to him or accidentally get pregnant or, you know, something along those lines. And same for my job. I didn't want to become the manager of Whataburger. That was not a dream of mine. Um, (laughs) You know what I mean? And so just like everything I realized, I was like, oh my goodness, like, what am I doing if, if I'm not even working towards something that, you know, that I would enjoy. Um, And I kind of looked around me as well and looked around at the people around me and the people who were living their lives. And I tried to figure out like, okay, would I want to live any of these people's lives around me? And still, and that part really shocked me, still the answer was no. You know, still like looking around and and seeing the people who were living around me, I couldn't find a lifestyle that resembled something that I thought would, you know, make my heart sore, that would make me excited to get up in the morning. Um, And so that was when I kind of started to to play with the idea of travel. You know, it still just seemed so out of reach to me. Um, But I just kind of started following like traveling blogs. I think one thing that felt really daring to me at the time was actually just Googling like how to travel for free. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And I was shocked at the amount of results and the amount of like things and just like, you know, travel blogs of people doing similar stuff. um, It's very achievable. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. And another thing uh, we talked about off podcast that uh, you would talk about, I think is really cool. Like, you know, how to save money when it comes mm-hmm. to traveling like you yeah. can definitely and speaking of saving money i'll go a step further i know people like my friend amber skies i talk about her all the time um i interviewed her a couple of months ago nice. she literally has like I don't want to say she doesn't have money, but she runs a nonprofit organization. And oh, she'll, wow. yeah, and so she'll have like $1 in her organization bank account and run like a $5,000 talent show. And, wow. you know, and I asked her, I was like, how the hell did, like, how the fuck did you do that? And wow. she was like, well, what people don't understand is if you can't do a lot with a dollar, what are you going to do with $5,000? What are you going to do with a $100? You have to understand how you can squeeze that dollar before you, you know, and really when you think about it, if you have the right resources, you don't need, you know, 
a lot of money. Like, say for instance, me, yeah. I'm I'm working on a show, and I literally have like ninety percent of the things I need to like just pull the trigger and make it go. You know what I mean? With yeah. zero, I haven't even like had time to like sum up how much money I need because I don't need that much. You know, but um, how do you spend wisely when traveling? Um, well, it depends on the country, I'd say. There's a pretty big difference um, between traveling mainly in like first world countries. So I've traveled in like, you know, Australia and Norway, which those places are incredibly expensive. Um, but what's fascinating is those countries were probably actually most definitely my cheaper travel experiences because there's more opportunity to do things for free. Um, mm. There's just more wealth in the community. So when, you know, if you're doing something like hitchhiking, hitchhiking is very achievable. There's people who have cars and they have space. Um, whereas, you know, in a, in a third world country, you're more likely, like people are just gonna be like, what are you doing? Like take the bus. Because <laughs> um, every. So for, you know, Norway and Australia, there was lots of lots of hitchhiking, um, also lots of dumpster diving, because, again, there's just so much wealth and that, you know, it's sad that they're putting out in, in dumpsters. But then, you know, having the opportunity to repurpose that is pretty cool. And then also um, there's an app that's really cool that's called dumpster diving or no, sorry, dumpster, couch surfing um, and couch surfing basically connects you with locals so that you can um, stay for free in different people's houses. Um, yeah. And that's pretty cool as well. And so then when it comes to like, you know, the, the cheaper countries, the cheaper countries, you have to pay for everything that you do. You know, you have to pay for your food, you have to pay for your transport, and you have to pay for your accommodation. Those are the three main staples. Um, and I guess when it comes to those, I just try to find the cheapest opportunity possible um for an example when i was in thailand this last time i traveled with my hammock and when i stayed at um kind of this uh this dorm place like it had, it had a lot of different types of accommodation there and i had my hammock so i asked you know what would it cost if i could just like put my hammock out in the back and they had like these these little huts thing that was literally just the shade pretty much um, and I got to stay in that for yeah. like a dollar a night, which was super, super cheap and a lot cheaper than a lot of the other options that were there. So I guess it's just about finding the different Yeah, because I mean, you really don't need much. Like just so you have a bathroom, a shower and a bed, like that's literally yeah. all you need. I mean, and sometimes, you know, a shower. No, I mean, look, even the shower and the bed is not often there. <laughs> I mean, when, I was, when I was traveling yeah. in Australia, it was really like, we would uh, we were traveling up and down the coast, going to different music festivals, right? And sometimes I was hitchhiking. Sometimes I was, you know, riding with a friend who was also doing the festival jumping. Um, and most of the time, you know, there was never really a shower around. But we would find, you know, rivers or waterfalls or, you know, like a nature shower, which in my opinion is way better than just having like. And you have some some natural soap. So you're not harming the water or anything. And that's really, really nice. And then, you know, camping on the ground as well. Like most nights I just, I didn't have the energy to set up my tent or my hammock and I would just put my sleeping bag on the ground and go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I'll never forget. We went to that 
uh, pizza place in uh, the neighborhood. I don't know the name of it, but it's like the only... Yeah, the only pizza place that stays open, like, all night almost. And, you know, afterwards, you, like, went there, and you're like, hey, what are you going to do with that pizza? And they're like, uh, throw it away. And you're like, can right. we have it? And they gave us, like, so many leftover oh bread. Oh, my goodness, and, like, so, so many. much. Because Mari yeah. and I, we were watching, and so she's also, like, hippie-type kind of nomadic girl. and And we were both watching, and we were like, okay, like, they're they're just throwing away everything right now um we should just go and ask and we ended up having a great conversation with the guy um turns out you know like he actually got in trouble with the police because he was setting the food out at the end of the day so that homeless people could come and get it um and he got in trouble because the homeless people fought over it and that isn't good um and it just sucks that it can be so challenging to do good things sometimes. Um, but I understand that they also, yeah. like, a lot of times would take their leftovers to, um, like, the fire stations and things like that. So they try to do good stuff, but it is hard sometimes. But what is amazing is literally just asking. Um, because so many places throw out stuff at the end of the day. Um, and if, if you ask and they say no, check their dumpsters. <laughs> I mean, once they're closed, check their dumpsters and you'll probably find it there. And a lot of times, you know, they won't eat, they won't like dump it and mess it all up. It's just like neatly pizza boxes just like laying there. And so, you know, it's clean. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I don't know if you knew this, but a couple of years ago, that reminds me, there was this, uh, uh, chick, she was trending on YouTube cause she made like a whole, thanksgiving feast just by dumpster diving and like you see the turkey and you see the dressing and you see everything and you're and and like you would have never you would have thought she went to like whole foods and and spent like hundred dollars probably too yeah and it was all free you know what i mean and like she yeah and and like so she had people over that ate it and she was like how do you like it and she was like, good. And like, right when they swallow, she would tell them, I got everything out of the trash. <laughs> and like, it, it, it was so good that, you know, I thought they would spit it out, but it was so good. They didn't even care where it, you know, right. came from. like dumpster, right. you know, and like, we live in a society that's so like, oh, it's a shame for, you know, dumpster diving. But mark my words, dumpster diving is going to be a mainstream thing. Because like, look at, crabs and lobsters that was prison food back in the day now only rich people can afford it you know what i mean yeah um back in the day they would give the prisoners crabs and lobsters because it was like easy to catch and it was cheap and you know so now like uh it's considered a delicacy and you know like last time i had lobster it was 75 bucks that's expensive so so yeah, mark my words. One day, like dumpster diving is literally gotta be a thing. Like everything becomes a thing sometimes. Well, I mean, you know if it I does mean? become a huge thing, I mean there is danger in that as well because um of course we live in a world that is very much run by the love of money. And in a lot of countries in Europe, for example, they will actually pour gasoline or something on their you know like on their trash they put all the food in the trash and they pour something on it or they lock them up or whatever they do to keep people from getting that food because they don't want people to get free food because then they won't buy food um 
So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I do think more people should do it or just like realize that the opportunity is there. Um, But if it becomes more mainstream, then it might stop being uh, an easy thing to do. Exactly. Exactly. Now, um, uh, let me ask you this, because I have uh, a couple of favorite moments with you, but um, what is one of the, you know, like your favorite moments that we've hung out or your favorite memory hmm. of me? Um, hmm. I really enjoyed when we did that hike. That was a lot of fun. Um, and it was just beautiful getting yeah, to watch the sunset lot. there at the end as well. I mean, that was gorgeous. And I also, yeah, that was my first. Was sunset. it what? What do you mean your first sunset? <laughs> yeah. I had never seen a sunset before other than... How have you never seen a sunset before? I I guess I just never looked up. That is crazy. (laughs) You need to go outside more. Yeah. Yeah, I had never seen... Because remember, I was like, wow, I can't believe it went down so fast. (laughs) Because sunsets do happen like fast. Yeah, it happens really fast. If you blink, you'll miss it. Yeah. Wow. But yeah. I mean, the colors <laughs> last for you know like an hour or so, but the actual like sun setting behind the horizon is maybe like, I mean, from the point of like hitting the horizon, it's probably only like ten minutes until it's like down below. Yeah. Yeah. But my my other favorite memory was definitely uh, that hot yoga class we did a week ago. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, a week ago. Uh, like there was a yoga place called uh, Black Swan Yoga that I always wanted to try. And right when I was about to try it, you know, the pandemic happened, everything shut down. And I noticed that it opened up again. So I was like, oh, I want to try it. And I'm glad I brought, I'm, I'm taking Peter like soon, uh, but I'm glad I brought you because you're actually into that stuff, yeah. you know? And so... Yeah, and so uh, I had no idea it was hot yoga. Nobody <laughs> told me that, so I felt kind of set up. But like, I tried it, and like, I literally left my soul there. Like, <laughs> I I sweated so much I paid three dollars for a towel. <laughs> it was a yeah. lot of sweat. Yeah, I mean, everybody was drenched, like dripping sweat. The yoga mat got slippery. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I had no idea it was actually that hard. Like, I, out of the whole hour, I could only do, like, three moves. Man. No, I mean, it's it's powerful stuff. That was my first hot yoga class as well. Like, I've always seen hot yoga as, like, this, like, new westernized version of yoga. And it is. It is. But it definitely had its own value to it. I mean, it was... It was powerful. And you said the same like that. We just we just kind of felt like high afterwards, right? Like my body was buzzing mm-hmm. for probably another hour or two hours after that class because just sweating out all the toxins. I don't think I've ever sweat like that in my life. Yeah, because, you know, the uh, I had to like ask you because, you know, the placebo mm-hmm. effect. I was like, well, maybe I just think I feel like this because I tried it and I liked it. But I, would, I leaned over and I was like, hey, do you... Uh, you know, do you uh, feel good? Like, I feel really, really, yeah. like, I felt really, yeah. really good. And she was like, no, I feel good, too. Oh, I felt <laughs> great. It was pretty, pretty incredible. 
Yeah, I, and like the like it literally made like next time I do it, I would like to do it in the morning because it literally made my whole day. Like I went to Tom Thumb with ten dollars, which is a really expensive mm. store, and I got free eggs. Like I got some coconut oil for my hair, and then I got the eggs. And by the way, the coconut oil, like, oh my goodness everything they say about it is true <laughs> it literally because like i suffer from like dry mm. scalp and like uh dandruff and when i it literally changed my hair wow. texture it moisturized it you know so much even after i washed it wow. out like it would make a, a very good pre-wash because and i highly recommend it to you too because even after i washed it out my hair still felt wow. good yeah i tried i tried the whole coconut oil thing for a while and it didn't really work for me so much um i didn't like mm -hmm. how oily it left my hair um but i have you know i actually i found another like all natural kind of like dandruff uh helping shampoo and it's it's actually helping a lot i haven't had any dandruff the past few days i've just been using it for maybe maybe a little over a week now. So it, it like took a bit of time, but, um, it's, it's pretty much gone now. So I I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm set. <laughs> what's the, uh, what's the name? Um, let me look really fast <laughs> because I don't know. It is called Jason, uh, dandruff relief treatment shampoo. Oh, I've, I've heard of that. I, that's actually a really good, uh, a really good brand i know a lot of people it's really use it, it's all natural but, stuff um, it's um yeah yeah it looks really awesome and it's worked so yeah and it's funny because like um okay so a lot of people hate on coconut oil just for the fact that everybody likes it like because it was like the first of its kind um, and like everybody likes it. So, you know, now there's like, 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 you know how, like when everybody's a fan of something, like there's that, like me, I've never seen a star Wars movie and I want to preserve that. Like I want <laughs> to die not seeing, you know, I saw it when I was a kid, but that doesn't really count. So I want to like preserve that, like never see. That's it. funny. I haven't, I haven't people, seen the star Wars movies either. Yeah, and some people hate on coconut oil for no reason, and they turn to avocado oil because avocado oil literally does the same thing as coconut oil. It's um like it penetrates through the hair follicles, so maybe you know avocado oil is your. So thing. well, I mean, there is there is validity to that though. Like you know, going against something that's so mainstream, especially something that is like a produce. Like you know, they have to. They have to get that from somewhere. And what happens a lot of times when you have something that's just become way too popular, it actually messes up. It's overused. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it like messes up something with like the agriculture or something about, you know, it's um, all this land is being wiped out to make space to be able to grow, you know, like almonds, for example. Almonds was a huge thing. And I think like, um, well, and it still are a huge thing. Like everybody loves almonds. Um, but a lot of, you know, like forests and stuff have been wiped out to make space for that, to accommodate that. Um, and it's better for the earth if it's like growing different varieties of things instead of just like one big thing. Um, I'm probably not explaining that very well. I just remember reading about it at one point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, do you have any questions for me? Um, hmm. Would you ever go traveling? 
Yeah, that's actually uh, what I want to do when I get older. I mean, I don't want to wait until I get older, but like when I like when my kids grow up and when I'm married, I would like to just travel the world with like my significant other. You know what I mean? Where would you go? Yeah. Everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Like, because what Peter taught me this summer, like this summer, he went to I want to say like ten states. Wow. And he went to the states that you would never go to, like Mississippi, um, Alabama, states that are considered boring states. And he actually found out that those states have a lot to offer. Like he FaceTimed me and let me tell you, like from what I saw on FaceTime, you would think he was in L.A., or Hawaii or something. <laughs> and that, you know, and that taught me that every state has something to offer. So, like, I would love to, like, travel the United States and then travel Europe, maybe go to Eurovision. I really want to go to Eurovision. Like, like, man, they they put American Idol to shame. <laughs> like, 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 they literally have fire. Oh, wow. You know? <laughs> And theatric, like American Idol, no offense, but you stand on the stage and you sing, but Eurovision, they go all out. And I feel like with Eurovision, it's more respectable because those are like the top singers from each cut handpicked by each country wow. to, you know, represent Europe. You know? Oh, okay. So I saw, I saw the, the movie Eurovision. So that's actually a real thing that happens. Yes, and oh my God, I was just did I tell you to watch that? You did, and I and I well, I had already seen it before you then. So I was just like, oh my goodness, that movie was. I I didn't love it. I thought it was it was. I mean, I do love stupid movies to an extent, but that was just very very stupid, and it was also so long. <laughs> like it was a long. It, yeah, oh my God, it's two it's two hours. It's long. Yeah. <laughs> I I didn't I didn't realize. I guess to each his own. You know, yeah. Will Ferrell like. That's like one of the only Will Ferrell movies that I like. Um, I'm not really a fan of, uh, other than Step Brothers, but that doesn't count because that was like a masterpiece. <laughs> he was at his prime. But yeah, I'm not really a big Will Ferrell and Adam Sandler fan, but sometimes I like silly humor. And I yeah. guess it came, you know, at a time during the pandemic when I needed a laugh. Fair, yeah. But like R Rachel McAdams character reminded me a lot of you. Oh, well, <laughs> that's funny. Why is that? Yeah. Well, because she was so nice and like, you know, like your personality, you're a nice person. She was very sweet. Um, you know, she was in love with, you know, somebody that didn't really pay her any attention. And I mean, you and everybody else can relate. To oh, that yeah, for sure. For sure. Like we've we've all been in that situation where we're like, look at me and they're just like over here in a corner yeah, somewhere. For sure. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. But definitely, but definitely. But I feel like it was like a, a genuine feel-good movie. Uh, I didn't like it at first, but then again, I was doing uh, sipping paint and I was a little tipsy and I wasn't really paying attention. I feel like it's one of those movies that you can't take seriously. Oh, for sure. Of course not. Yeah. So yeah, I um, but I, it was definitely a movie that definitely uh made me feel better. Definitely well, another, good. yeah, 
Another moment I loved was um, that we hung out was uh, when we went to Green Elephant and we had those cake balls. Oh, yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Those cake balls were good, man. They were so strong for so small little things, man. Yeah, I just had like I, one little bite of yours and I was like, yeah, I'm good to go home. <laughs> I'm pretty and, high right now. Yeah. And the funny thing is you had like not even half. You had like I know, not even half. I had the whole thing. And like, it's funny because when I eat it, she tells me, hey, guys, um, yeah, I know it says 40%, but there's way more in there than that. And I'm like, okay, we can tell. We can tell. I wonder if she's still there. And I wonder how much they cost. I would love to, like, buy some. I think they were, like, 20 bucks or something. Mm, Well worth it. You could, like, stretch that out for a month. It was so strong. Like (laughs) That might be a little bit dramatic, but but they were really good. And they tasted really nice, too. Yeah. There was a point where I was, like, looking at you, and it's hard to explain, but I saw all, like, versions of you, if that made sense. Like, Like, I was looking at you, and I saw you as, like, a kid. I saw you as, like, before you went into the hippie phase and whoa like, you were you, tripping hard man it was strong <laughs> whoa i don't think i've I, well i've been that high before but i don't think i've ever been that high in like you know a minute minute you know yeah wow that's yeah. pretty crazy and but yeah that was a good time uh when we first met was cool when we were at the party when yeah, we that was our, cool. Yeah, with the karaoke, yeah. Well, and that was so funny, too, because um, you had sent me a friend request before we ever met. And I remember, like, looking looking at your profile and thinking, like, have I met this guy? I don't think I've met this guy. Okay, I'm, I'm going to decline this for friend request. And then, like, fast forward, and we're hanging out at this party. And you asked for my Facebook. I'm like, yeah, 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 let's connect. Let's connect. And it wasn't until like I went home that night that I saw like I saw your your profile again. And I was like, whoa, 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 that's weird. And like because I could remember and I recognized you. Um, So I guess you just had like requested me because we both had Sean as a mutual friend. But I just thought it was so trippy. Yeah. And let's see, we we had a lot of. you know, a lot of uh, good moments. Like when um, when we first went to Green Elephant, like I loved like helping you. Oh yeah, and I think the funniest was when like, so I was hungry and I was mm-hmm. like, can you fix me some noodles? And you're not, <laughs> you, you were like, boy, I ate your mama. And you <laughs> fix them and you were like, you fix me some noodles. Matter of fact, I'm the guest. And so I went in there and I, um, fixed the noodles and you came in the uh, kitchen for uh some reason and i let you know i was like hey i wasn't trying to be sexist or nothing and then you're like okay all right now stay in the kitchen bitch and then you slap me on the ass i did slap you on the ass and that was pretty fucking funny i mean so i i am a hardcore feminist and i know that you weren't trying to be sexist but sometimes things just seem sexist even if it's like Cause it's just contextual, right? It's like, oh, yeah. you think I'm going to cook you something? Why? Because I'm the woman. And like, I don't know what it was about it. It was more just a joke more than anything. Like I did not think that you were actually being sexist, but I do, 
absolutely love like turning things on their head like that. Like, nope, you fix me something because let's let's reverse these gender roles. Yeah, man belongs in the kitchen. Cool. And I get to slap your ass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now, see, uh, and it's actually uh, people say that this is weird, but I actually think like people that are anti-feminist are like, I feel like because like in the scriptures it says we wrestle not with flesh and blood but like forces of darkness and i really feel like people that like to are anti-feminists and like to you know put people down or just anybody uh i use this word all the time it uh it slips from my mind now but suppress any you know particular yeah. person yeah. I feel like um, it's very satanic energy. Mm. I well, feel it's like pretty, it's very satanic energy. It's pretty interesting um, with feminism. A lot of people think that because it's, it's you know, feminism, it's feminine, they think that it's like us, we're saying that women are better than men. But it's it's not that at all. It's feminism means that you believe that women deserve equal rights to men. And it's very similar kind of like to the Black Lives Matter, you know, like people will argue that and say all lives matter. And it's like, well, that's not the point. Like, yeah, absolutely. All lives matter for sure. But the ones, you know, that we need to focus on right now are black lives. And so it's like the Black Lives Matter is to bring up people of color, whereas feminism is to bring up women. Exactly. And I mean, to I make, don't really... to make everything equality, like radical equality all the way. Yeah. And I don't really like how feminists are um brought up in media because like um i actually took a class on like the feminine trope and like mm. m there are some feminists in media that like i'm a woman i can do anything just as good as a man can but most time when you see a feminist it's either a girl that's unattractive and is a feminist because she can't find nobody. So a feminist by default was isn't a real feminist or it's a feminazi and they try to paint them in a bad light, you know? Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy because I've talked to so many people, um, women especially who are afraid of calling themselves a feminist um, because of the negative picture that it has on it. Like, and I don't know where that came from. It, it is absolutely like it comes from the media. Um, yeah. well, well, I don't know, maybe just like it, different I'll movies. You, where, what? Well, I'll tell you where it came from. And I finally found the word oppression. That was the mm. right word I was looking for. But it, it's a tactic of oppression. Like they, people, and yeah, there are some feminists that go overboard, but people will literally like um demean something like women i tell everybody women are the strongest people on the planet because while men they're dominantly and physically strong women are mentally strong and that definitely overpowers like i mean for example at the story of adam and eve literally god himself told adam not to eat the fruit and like a, a, a man listened was able to listen to a woman over like God himself that's how powerful you guys are and whenever mm. somebody argues that with me I was like take your favorite celebrity crush like if 
Ariana Grande told me to rob a bank, I would already be in the car, gun in hand, like, which one you want? You want Wells? You want, <laughs> you know, you want Chase? You know, which one? Because, you know, women, you know, they have, you know, persuasion. And men mm. know that. And women, honestly, if women were ruling the world, the world would definitely be a better place. I feel like women, some women don't know the power they have, you know, yeah, and that's unfortunately, sure. you know, that's unfortunate. And women powerful, how powerful women are. And that's unfortunate, too, because they tell you, oh, you can't wear pants or you can't do this, or like in the business, you see that yeah. all the time, how they're afraid the woman is overly qualified, so they're like, try to keep them down, or like, be cliquish, and these are like grown, not grown ass men, these are like men getting ready to be grandfathers, acting like this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and it's, and it's funny, because the uh, oppression tactic is a tactic where I know you can beat me, but if I convince you that you can't, you won't even try. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's, mm-hmm. it, it comes like racism, oppression with women. It comes from a place of fear when really, Absolutely. if you just let women be women, the world would be so much better. Like they think, oh, women Absolutely. are going to take over. No, that's not the case at all. The women will mm-hmm. help. If anything, yeah. make it better. I know? agree. I completely agree. Yeah. But it's, it's definitely crazy. It's definitely something we have to work on. And we are getting yeah. better at it. You know, like um yeah. say for instance with um slut shaming, we're you know, we're getting away from, you know, slut shaming and you know, whore shaming and everything like back in the day being a porn star was something to look down on now everybody and their mom has an only fans that are proud of it you know sex work <laughs> is not that frowned upon as it you know as it used to be you know i shared a post right, yeah. um yesterday about you know and i wanted to know women's opinion on how like you know dressing slutty or provocative you know maybe you just you know dress decent how would that help and you know a lot of girls commented saying that it doesn't matter how we dress or you know a lot of women say I dress I want because comfortable Mm -hmm. in and what I doing some research and talking to a lot of models and girls I actually find like and I hate to use this word, but I'm using it because that's what people, you know, associated with. But the reason why women dress quote unquote slutty is because it's empowering. It makes them feel good. It's like putting on a costume for them. Everybody should have a freaking dress, in my opinion. And I feel, you know, <laughs> and women and men. And I feel like, you know, like there, there's a girl that I was talking to and she was like, men need to realize that we're doing you guys a favor like we're really holding back our power we're we're not going ham like we need to be but see there's a certain time like look at the riots when george floyd died there was literally at least two protests in every state in every major city in america you know and she was like if people if men keep oppressing us 
And if men keep slut shaming us, then we're gonna really say enough is enough and start fucking shit up. Like you, you, <laughs> you need to just leave us the fuck alone and let us wear our high heels and mini skirts and you know let us listen to our women in power movement because if you don't there's gonna be a point where you push us yeah and like there's yeah. literally gotta be like no men left on the planet well yeah. luckily nobody's nobody's really like killing women you know over this but there i mean rapes rape is probably the big the big example here but you know i saw a really really funny video um yesterday on facebook i was laughing so hard it was um these these um it was like three servers at a restaurant or something and these two guys come up to order their food and one of the guys comments to the other guy like oh man look at this he's holding the magazine he's like oh man this you know i guess the magazine was like this girl called out somebody for raping her and um and he throws down the magazine he's like oh well you know look at what she's wearing she was she asked for it and the three girls they're like oh you mean we ask for things based on what we're wearing. Wow. I wonder what else I could ask for. And then it shows them like, it shows one girl at her office, like dressed up in her vacation wear. And then she's like, okay, I'm out. And then they're like, what are you talking about? Where are you going? She's like, I'm going on vacation. They're like, did you ask? She was like, no, I don't need to look at what I'm wearing. (laughs) And then they did it. They did it with like one girl. She like went in for a promotion and she just like jumped up on the table and was like, I'm here for my promotion. She had like a, like an awesome business suit on. And the guy was like, what are you talking about? you don't even work here it was just it was really really quite funny um yeah i mean if we really you know could ask for things based on what we're wearing then well it would apply in a lot more categories than just that yeah and i mean it really like one of my friends hit the nail on the coffin when she was like and i know that's not a thing but i like saying it because it right it's catchy it's basically (laughs) it's better than saying hitting the nail on the head but pretty much she made a point she was like it doesn't matter what we're wearing and it doesn't like i talked to so many models that have creep photographers and like these are beautiful women so of course they've turned down a lot of men and they're like we tried everything in the book you know we tried growing out our leg hair it still doesn't (laughs) work we still Mm -hmm. get you know uh you know unwanted attention we yeah. try telling them that we're gay. It's worse. They're like, oh, so you're a lesbian. Bring a friend. You know, we try telling them we're in a relationship. Like, nothing they say or nothing they wear, you know. Yeah. It, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you wear. Like, a cat calling is going to come if a guy is, like, sexually attractive to you, no matter what. I think the best thing for women to do is just to own it, like own that you are a powerful goddess and yeah, you're attracting attention. I mean, women are beautiful, beautiful creatures. Um, And yeah, there's idiot guys all over the place. They're not all idiots, but they're idiot guys. (laughs) Um, And, you know, like when you can own it and you just maybe you say something back, like how I did with you, like, you know, say, you know, stay your ass in the kitchen, bitch, and slap your ass, like something along those lines. When you can when you can have enough confidence in yourself, you can make these situations something that is more funny or more just like whatever, because um, I don't shave at all. So I've got armpit hair I've got leg hair you know this um Mm -hmm. and and I've got a lot of hair like I'm a hairy woman and I'm so proud of it and now like I I find it to be extremely womanly extremely sexy 
Um, but it, it is actually a really, really great filter for the men that I will have romantic relationships with. Like, well, like I don't know. I went on a date with a guy not too long ago. And I was gonna, I was showing him a tattoo on my leg. And before I lift up, lifted up my skirt, I was just like, just so you know, I don't shave. <laughs> just warning you. And, and he did not miss a beat. And he was like, why should you? Like, did not miss a beat. And that, and I was like, all right, yeah, this one's, this one's a good one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, it definitely separates the uh, the men from the boys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and just somebody who's able to understand that, like, we do live in a society that has programmed us so intensely in a lot of ways, but that does not mean that we have to like live by those, by those standards. We don't have to stay in that cage. Yeah. And like anybody that, you know, looks at a girl, I've noticed that looks at a girl like that definitely has issues. Like say for instance, you remember the whole controversy with the cuties movies that, the cutie movie that Netflix is supposed to be having this year or this no, month. No, I don't know anything about it. Okay, so uh, there was a poster of some little girls dressed in like uh, some skimpy dance outfits. And because I have a dancer background and I've like literally judged dance shows, I didn't think nothing of it because that's how they dress sometimes. You know, the girls, yeah. they do have like the short shorts and the uh, little sports bra. So I just thought, oh, they're making a new versions of dance moms because the old one got canceled or oh it's like a dance movie and then i saw it was rated tvma and i was like what the fuck you know this movie about kids that dance that only grown-ups can wear like what's the catch and i read the description and it was about a muslim girl that shines her beliefs and religion to join a twerk team and i just thought that was so inappropriate and the mm-hmm. trailer for it was just so cringe like mm-hmm. they're literally sexualizing little girls and you know a lot of people got outraged so they didn't change the name just they just put the name in a different language and they changed the rating to g but i was wow. like i still think they should take it down because you know, this is just the beginning. You know, people like this, you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. And I found wow. out it was a French movie. And, you know, that did kind of shed light on the situation because, you know, the uh, legal age cons- of, of consent for France in years was like 13 years old, right? Oh, wow. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. And like this, yeah. And like last month, they just changed it to 15. But yeah, like, um, in France, little girls and like in other countries, little girls are sexualized. Like I've interviewed some in this country too. I mean, yeah, but more so there. Like I You'd be surprised. And- sex trafficking and so like sex trafficking is a lot of times with kids. Um, and I know, I know a lot of this stuff is coming out really heavy right now, but a friend of mine who was traveling when, when we were, we were in Thailand at the same time, that's where I met her. And we were talking about, you know, how our families were so worried about us traveling and this and that. And she said, she was like, yeah, you know, of course they always talk about sex trafficking in this and like abuse in that way. And she said that she ended up doing her own research and she found that the hot spot for sex trafficking was in California where she was from. Like this stuff happens right under our nose here in America. And we just don't really realize it. We like to, you know, point the finger and say, Oh, these countries, this and that, but we've got a lot of stuff here happening here. 
Yeah, and and like I would like to think that they don't sexualize girls in other countries because at first I was like, well, maybe you know their culture is different. Maybe girls, little girls, dress that way because they don't sexualize them. And I had a friend from Paris, and she was like, oh yeah, it's it's terrible. Like women, like they're sexualized a lot, and um basically i've interviewed like underage models from like paris and you know mm-hmm. russia and they the way they dress they wear some things that some adult models wouldn't wear wow you know it's just that you know cuz that's their culture so you know and when i found out the uh movie was in france it definitely made more sense but it didn't make it better for me i was like this isn't our culture. Like, if you were to show a movie like that, you know, at least have it on the Paris Netflix only, like, if you have to show it at all. But I hope it gets boycotted and, you know, it never sees the light of day. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. And um, you said something very interesting. Uh, I said I was going to get back to you. You said about sex trafficking like um somebody and of course they took it down but they were literally selling kids on amazon yeah yeah there was something i didn't see the one about amazon but i saw the one um it was like a russian search engine um Mm -hmm. and if you like well actually no no no, it wasn't that maybe it was okay maybe it was amazon or it was something it was some some website where you could sell stuff and well well, let me uh let me describe it to you like Say, for instance, there's a kid named Pedro uh, that went missing a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You go on Amazon and this company would be selling a lap called. Right. LD, okay. LD so Pedro. I did see the same thing. Yeah. 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 That is Amazon. Yeah. And, that was on uh, Amazon. Wow. It, in like broad daylight. And like there would be a lap called LD Pedro. And like it would be a $20, $10 lap at the most selling for about $5,000. Yeah. And and somebody pieced it together. And of course, they, you know, took it off the market. Thank God. But like, they're literally selling kids on Amazon. And like, I've heard stories about people that work for like mailing companies with like boxes with like a painting. Say for instance, the box was a box of paintings or a box of flowers. And they were like, the box would be really, really heavy as if there was more than just a box of flowers or a box of painting, excuse me, in there. And like people would like actually discover children in these boxes. Like the lady that's, um, oh, the judge, excuse me, that's over the Epstein case. She literally wow. had her son executed and her husband put in critical care i don't even know if he made it but she literally lost her family um because she was like hot on their trail and i mean my condolences to her but i hope they didn't scare her into stopping if not like that would be my motivation to go harder on them and to make sure that they get in jail like you took my son away like of course i'm gonna go harder on this you know on this case you know what i mean like but it was a good thing at the same time because it means that we're scaring them it means that they're being intimidated 
you know, and we're getting closer and closer to like revealing these creeps. You know, it's in Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it's like the rich, like Donald Trump was on trial and probably still is for the molestation of a three, 13 year old girl. And like, say for instance, yeah. you've been seen in many photos of Epstein, they're, you know, they talk in code. And so, like, a lot of people will, like, um, a lot of people will, like, celebrities will send text messages like, hey, uh, are the cookies ready? And apparently cookies mean little boys, you know, mm. like uh, in um, the Podestra and Hillary Clinton emails, they would send these emails that made no sense at all. But they were really speaking through code and they were talking about mm -hmm. sp spirit cooking and like little kids like it's awful. You know, I hope they yeah, do see justice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, we have jumped on topic to topic to topic. <laughs> yeah, we have, man. We have. This was a pretty good interview. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It, it went by it so really fast. Good. And I just got <laughs> four more like lightning round questions for you. All right, hit me. Top three movies of all time. Oh man. Um. Okay, the first one that jumped into my head is Eat, Pray, Love, just because we were talked about travel. Mm -hmm. Um. But another one of my favorites would probably be um. Uh, Inglorious Bastards is really good Quentin Tarantino mm -hmm. film. Yeah. And then. Ah, there's another one that I oh the perfection. The perfection is like a a scary movie. It's super fucking twisted, but I really really love it. Um, yeah, yeah. that's one. Have you ever seen Midsummer? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh my god, you have to see that movie. It's considered a social horror. The guy okay. that Hereditary did it and. It's gonna make you really, really upset. <laughs> this girl, um, she has um she has self-love issues, she really does, and like she her boyfriend is literally the worst boyfriend in the history of cinema, in my opinion. Like she apologizes for how he treats her, like she'll be going like her parents literally just died. And she called, mm -hmm. you know, for some consoling. And he was like, why are you calling me? I'm with the guys. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My parents just died. I wanted to talk to you. It's okay. And, like, I, I won't spoil the end for you, but it's definitely one of those movies where you have to watch three times. But, you know, in the end, everything works out, and she smiles, like, and people are like, why is she, you know, smiling? And I was like, if you had a guy that treated you like that and you finally got free, you would smile too. You know, it's... Um, it, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's um, social horror. And as you know, social horror is a genre where horror is told, interpreted by everyday things. This is... Oh, that's a, interesting. Yeah, like... Um, Say, for instance, Hereditary was a possession movie told in the story of grief. And, like, um, Get Out was a body snatchers movie told in the translation of racism. 
So this is definitely a revenge breakup movie told, you know, through horror. And um, it's really, really good. It, it like It'll piss you off so much in the beginning, but the ending is so satisfying. And another movie I think you should watch is called The Witch. Have you seen that? Uh, yeah, I think that one I have. Long yeah. time ago, though. Yeah, like, I don't know if you knew this, but each character represented one of the deadly sins. Like, the father was pride because he was too proud okay. to apologize, and he left, and he was too proud to accept his defeats. Of course, the baby was gluttony. The sister was wrath. The, brother, the little brother was lust because, you know, he would hit puberty and started lusting after his sister, but... That was nice. Another, I might have to check that one out again now that I now that I know that. Yeah, but that was another fantastic movie. Anna Taylor Joy is like amazing and she's so beautiful. Like she has that like throwback beauty. Like she looks like an actress nice. from the 1930s almost. Um what are who are your favorite singers? Give me three. Um I really don't know. I don't know. I don't really have favorite favorite singers. What about a favorite song? Oh. No, I can tell you there's one artist that I've started listening to a lot um, just because I really do enjoy her voice. And I've been like singing some of her songs just to try to kind of like train my voice to be more like hers. It's um, uh, Lake Street Dive. A really, really cool band. I'm going to have to check her out. If you could um, give anybody that's listening advice what would it be do what makes you happy that's it don't be afraid to just like jump take the leap whatever it is you know and and do what makes you happy because there's only this one life and that's all we got yeah definitely run to what scares you don't be afraid to fight the dragon if you could give anybody advice on saving money or how to save money better what would it be Stop spending money on bullshit you don't need. Stop following, like, the, you know, the expression, like, the keeping up with the, or no, how does it say? I forget. Keeping um, up with the Joneses, or as I yeah, like to say, the yeah, Kardashians. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> when I said that, I started thinking of the Kardashians. I was like, oh, shoot, brain block. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah keeping up with the Joneses. Um, yeah, like, there's no need. You don't need so many clothes. You don't need all this fancy stuff. Like, you don't need to go get your nails done. Um, just the more like pointless bullshit that you can cut out of your life, um, the more you'll be able to save and, and start spending your money on towards things that, you know, really inspire you instead of just draining your wallet. Nice. Well, this has been a pretty good interview. I mean, I'm so used to, I mean, you're, you, I would consider you an artist, but I'm like so used to interviewing actors, models and, and uh you know singers you know i was i kind of get nervous when i get out of my element but it was a uh, this is a pretty good you know interview uh one of my favorite feminist movies by the way because earlier you said uh flipping things on their head one of my favorite interv- uh, feminist movies and what i think is the best feminist movie is um legally blonde you want to know why Oh yeah, I, I do love Legally Blonde. It is, it's a pretty damn good yeah. one. Like what? Like it's hard? Right. <laughs> you got into Harvard? <laughs> oh yeah. That was like the best scene in the whole movie. Like, I go here, yeah, that's good. you go where? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. That's awesome. That's a good one for sure. Yeah, and the reason why I love it is because Elle Woods is like a really sexist character. Like she's the 
you know, stereotypical sexist character. She's blonde, pretty, rich, ditzy. And I like how... How do you mean sexist? Well... Like, is is usually, like, made, well, like, is... Yeah, like, her character is usually made to the grade women or made for... Or right. put okay, in okay. movies for men's yeah, pleasure. Sure. So to take for a sure. character that was originally made for uh, the uh, male chauvinist pig and put them in like a feminist setting like oh my god that was the best yeah Yeah, that was good yeah i definitely love how they do that and another thing that's um i find that's really empowering is i noticed because you shaved your head and uh it's when women decide to shave their head and i absolutely yeah and i think it's a representation because like you know, we've been taught for years the hair is like the woman's glory and, you know, no girl is pretty bald or, you know, like, right. oh, the, you know, it's the fab to have long hair. Like, I was raised... Right. To have long hair is like a staple of, to like, show your femininity. Yeah. Like, I was raised in a beauty shop for literally two decades. And my, mm. my mom did hair up until I was like 20 and past then. And even now I look at some girl's hair and I'm like, first of all, nobody needs fake hair down to their butt. Like that's way too much. I never understood that. But, you know, to like take something that men love and that men think make you beautiful and to like shave it off and like own it is definitely empowering and some women need to shave their head anyways because they've been dying it Absolutely. too much they, i'm well, all for all that stuff yeah shave the head don't shave anywhere else and then you're killing it <laughs> yeah and, and like some people need to shave anyways because they've been dying their hair too much they need that new growth you know <laughs> yeah for sure definitely definitely well for it's for been sure. fun talking to you man awesome like, Thank you this was on. fun yeah yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for your time and I'll talk to you later, okay? All right. Talk to you. Bye.